Hey, let's jump right into the word. Uh, I'm going to open it up here in Genesis uh, chapter 39. Um, thank you, Jacinia. Thank you. Open it up in Genesis chapter 39, and, um, and then we'll, we'll read the, the text and we'll go from there. So Genesis 39, uh, verse 1, and it says this here. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, uh, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Uh, Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Like, I, I want us to zone in there to verse 2. It says this here, it says that the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded. Um, I think there's this, idea, there's this idea that's circulating out there that if God is with me, you know, it, it should just happen. You know, life should just kind of come. Success should just, just come to me. But I believe, like, if God is with me, like, we need to leverage his presence in our lives. It, it won't just come. We, we have to put in some work. I like to think that we do the heavy lifting, but God is our spotter. He's our supernatural spotter. So it says the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. That's the action statement here. As he served in the home of his Egyptian master, as he did something. Verse 3, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. It says this here, verse 5, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household. And uh, it says this here, for Joseph's sakes, all his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. Verse 6, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat, to eat. I feel led to pray again before we get into the content. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for just the opportunity to be in your presence, Scott. We thank you that we get a chance to gather um, without persecution, Lord. Um, we thank you for protection and a cool space to be able to worship you and, and to receive your, your truth and your word. Once again, God, just, just help us, Lord, and lift our heads, lift our hearts. Give us something that we can take away from today. Give us something that we can build our lives on. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you get kind of annoyed by autocorrect. Okay. Yeah, show of hands. Let's do a survey. Show of hands. Get kind of annoyed by autocorrect. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Like you're you're trying to spell something and it's like, man, I didn't I didn't mean to spell plain. I meant to spell just plain. <laughs> just plain or you know, I was picking up food the other day from, from Nando's. 
And uh, I text something to my wife, and it totally misspelled my word. And um, she took it to another place, man. And it became very evident that she was flirting with me. And she proceeds to send things that are not appropriate for church settings. So I said, darn you, autocorrect. Anyway, so yeah, you get annoyed by autocorrect, right? I mean, it was cool, but anyway, so. You know, and so simply for a lot of us who get annoyed, what we do is we go to settings, and if you didn't know this, you can go to general keyboard, and it says autocorrection there in your second, the second row, and you can just shut off autocorrect, and you don't have to worry about not being a spelling bee champion. You can just spell away. What's up, babe? W-U-Z-B-A-E. Just be as uneducated as you want to be. But um, then there are those times where you're texting someone that's not to say your best friend or your mother isn't important, but you're texting someone very important, someone you may not know, someone you need to impress a little bit, and you're like, if you're like me, you're like, man, if this word is longer than five letters, I need autocorrect. And so I don't know if you're like me, but I'll spell a word, and I'm just trying to get in the ballpark. Like, it may be E, it may be I, it may be C, it may be Y, it may be I don't know, but just... I'm going to try to spell it, just correct it and do it for me. And then what comes through? Autocorrect. It gives you the best option. And so for you, you, you go to settings and general and keyboard, and you turn on your autocorrect. And um, such is life, you know, like when you get into good seasons, it's just, hey, whatever, you know, we're, we're good to go. Everything's flowing. The bank account's flowing, my relationships are good, everything is, is going just fine. But when you get in a low spot and you need some help, you, you wish that your, your autocorrect was activated. And, and you just need a life, a life jacket or, or something. You need something to come through to correct this low spot, this low season, this, this low situation. And as it concerns Joseph, Joseph is in a very low spot right now, definitely a low season. And the video kind of showed us that, like his brothers are upset with him. They plan to kill him. If you would go back to last week's podcast, we teach about that, that coat of many colors, that robe. His brothers take that robe away from him. They beat him up. They throw him in a cistern. Then they sell him to Midianite traders. Then he's sold again to Potiphar only to end up in a nation that he has nowhere, no idea where he is. He's far from home. He's in Egypt, and he's in a very low spot. Many of us, if we were to be beaten up and thrown into a pit and sold twice and thousands of miles away from home, we just give up. We lose hope. But I love Joseph. He's going to show us something today. Joseph is going to show us what it looks like to activate autocorrect. Meaning, 
no matter where you are in life, be it high or low, you should have a default setting for how it is you're going to respond to life situations. That autocorrect is, if I can clarify it, when it comes to technology, it's a software, so it's found within the hardware. Activate autocorrect in our lives looks like when we're in a rough spot, how are we thinking about it? Do we give up or do we press in? Do we not give 110% anymore or do we just give 60? Do we become passive or do we become aggressive? Do we fall back or do we become intentional? And so I love this because the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. And so if I'm reading Joseph's life, I'm like, all right, he's good. It's cool. He's good. He's going to be fine. But it's not the case because oftentimes in our lives, when God is with us, it attracts a lot of bad stuff. And I just believe we have this mindset that if God is with us, it should be easy and it should come to us and success should come and prosperity should come and freedom should come and deliverance should come and that spouse should come and that breakthrough should come and that promotion should come. But nine times out of ten, with God, things typically get worse before they get better. They're designed to get better. Joseph was his father's favorite. Joseph did receive two dreams from God that signified that he was going to be on top when it was all said and done. But before you get to the top, baby girl, baby boy, you can expect to run into some tough times. And when you do, the question needs to be, have you activated autocorrect? What is my default setting when things get tough? And not just when they get tough, but when they remain tough. For Joseph, it was 13 years. He, w- he would serve Potiphar for 11, and then you're going to see at the end of today, he goes to prison for two years. 29 when he gets out, and he sees the dream fulfilled. But autocorrect is... Who are you? What, what values? What's in your heart? What's in your mind? That despite where you are, you're going to be able to, to push forward into everything that God has for you. So I want to speak to the faith people today, to people who want to grow. I won't even lie to you. Um, I know it's, you know, it's summertime, and I, I, I think we're in this chill mode today, you know, it's sunny outside. And a lot of this can go in one ear and out the other. So I'm going to pray to the people who really want something from God. You want a miracle from God. You want God to grow you. You want God to build you up. You want to be fulfilled. I want to talk to the people today who say, Lord, take it all away. As long as I have Jesus, I'm going to be more than okay. Come on, we can clap that up. We can celebrate that. As long as I have Jesus, I'll be all right. The first thing that Joseph did was he auto-corrected with number one, excellence. Excellence. Wow. Joseph was alone. He owned nothing. There was a language barrier, racial barriers. He didn't have the education of that time in in that country. But he had God's presence. And watch this. 
he had the opportunity to be excellent. So he's in Potiphar's house, and we just read the verse. He did great, and God blessed Potiphar's house. But he had the opportunity to be excellent with what was in his hands, with what God had put him in control of. He was excellent. The word excellent, if you're taking notes, it means to be of best quality. It means to be brilliant, to be world class. He was excellent. He auto-corrected to excellence. He could have said, man, like, I don't know this place, and it's a lot of dust around here, and it's hot, and where am I? What are these people talking about? But obviously, he understood, man, I'm in chains. They got me over here in a corner, and now I have to clean these pots. And so I just believe that. He said, okay, I'm in a tough spot. I'm far away from home. It's tough, but they've given me pots. And they're telling me clean pots. And they're saying dust the curtains and, and dust the windows and pick up the trash and take out the trash. And I believe, though he was in a tough spot, he auto-corrected to excellence. And he said, Lord, all I know to do is, is to be the best with what you've given me. And so I want to give you an equation for excellence. Number one, uh, or not number one, but here's the equation. We'll go ahead and pull it up. Great interest plus laser focus plus high standards equals excellence. Great interest, laser focus, high standards. Great interests. I'm in a place. I'm, I have a new job. I have a, this new position. I, I need it because I need to get paid, but I don't really like it. One of the first steps to being excellent, Becca, is developing a liking for new things. Developing a, a liking, taking an interest in things you wouldn't otherwise be interested in. Well, I don't like math. You need to like math. I don't like science. You need to develop a liking for science. Yeah. I don't like history. Well, you need to develop a liking for history. That's where God is calling you to in this season. You got to find some way to have a great interest in these things, right? Um, developing a liking for small things. Small things. Folding clothes and washing dishes and being on time your outward presentation, developing a, a liking for things that seemingly don't matter, but they matter a lot in the grand scheme of things. Developing, watch this, go ahead and write this down. Great interest is developing a liking for obscurity. What is obscurity? It means to be hidden, not seen, not getting the credit, not being front page not being the center of attention, develop a liking for obscurity. I believe that Joseph was so unseen to the place that he was so insignificant in the eyes of Egyptians, and he went from being his father's favorite, the, the coat of many colors, to now he has to develop a liking for obscurity. 
he goes from being the favorite, God's going to bless you, God's going to use you, God's going to take you to the top, to all of a sudden he's behind closed doors. Joseph, who is Joseph? He's a Hebrew slave. He's nothing. So he has to develop a liking. Oh, man, you got to fall in love with the obscurity. Like, we don't know, just to use an example, we don't know who plugged this, this plug in. We, we don't know who. We know it was someone from the production team. But what I do know is this person is growing in their affinity for obscurity. And it's okay to not be seen. As long as you're auto-correcting to excellence, God is always going to see to it that he elevates you in due time. So he had to develop a great interest for not getting any of the credit, not getting a, an appreciation card, a gift card. Hey, John, you did, you did great. I want to send you this email. For 11 years, he has to develop a liking for being hidden. And the other thing he had to develop a liking for was Potiphar's possessions. A lot of us, we want to be on top, but God is saying, until you actually take a pure interest in somebody else's stuff, I can never fully give you your own stuff. So I know this, this thing belongs to my boss. I know this thing belongs to my kids. What God is looking at is, how are you stewarding those things, even though they don't belong to you? God bless my life. Well, I'm calling you to be a blessing in that person's process. God, raise me to the top. I'm calling you to raise them to the top. He had to develop a great interest for someone else's possessions. The second thing is laser focus. I believe that Joseph was a, a detailed-oriented individual. Details, details, details. I got to be here at 10, I got to be here at 3, I got to be here at 4, I got to knock this out, I got to knock this out. He was detail-oriented. He obliterated due dates. What is due on Saturday, it's going to be done Friday. It's due on Sunday, it's going to be done Saturday. It's due on Monday, it's going to be done Sunday. He obliterated due dates. He didn't sit there and say, oh, well, this just hit my email. I'll get to it when I can. It's the process. Right? It's the process. It's the process. I was teaching my leadership team a, a few weeks back. Come on, Josh, come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. I was teaching my leadership team that details, go ahead and write this down. Details and destiny are one and the same. Details and destiny are one and the same. Right, Ash? I'm thinking. They're one and the same. Uh, go ahead and write this down. Details are the skeleton of destiny. Details are the skeleton of destiny. You see someone that God has used in a great way. And they're leading well and they're changing things and, and, and God's hand is just on their life. You better believe that they are a person of details. I believe that Joseph was a master of details. A master. This message may be too practical for you. 
But once again, the series is called The Process. So the tagline of the series is um, becoming the best version of you. The ups and downs of becoming the best version of you. God's method of fulfilled vision for your life. So if God has a vision for your life, if you're going to do something great, the process, the ups and downs. And it's not how you manage or steward your high times. It's not how you manage or steward the mountaintops. It's really who are you, how excellent are you when it's not favorable, when you don't prefer it, when it's not the position you want, when it's not the season you want to be in. How excellent are you in that place? Details, and then the last thing is high standards. He was determined to be the best. The Lord told me to tell you this on the way here. He said that you have some people in your church that are destined to be the best at what I've called them to be in the DMV. They're destined, but they got to wake up to it. You're destined to be the best. You're destined to draw clients and politicians and resource and money, but you got to wake up in this low season right now and you got to activate a spirit of excellence on the inside. The Bible says that Daniel had a spirit of excellence. I mean, he had an attitude of excellence. He was going to be world class. He was going to be the best. And so as a result, Joseph was placed over Potiphar's household, his business affairs, his finances, his servants. Joseph was placed on top because he was excellent. Genesis 39, we're going to continue. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. (laughs) Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Wow, just zero to 100. Okay. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his household. No one here has more authority than I do. I mean, God has promoted him because of excellence. And he says this here. He says, he has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. Verse 11. One day, however, no one else was around. When he went in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Wow. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. Number two, Joseph auto-corrected with integrity. He was a person of excellence, and he was a person of integrity. I don't know if you watch the news, but currently right now, there's a a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Epstein. He's, some would say he's a billionaire. We know he's a millionaire for sure. An American financier. Um, There are reports of child sex trafficking. He has a lot of influence, a lot of money. He's very well connected. But it's saying that for years, he's been running this child trafficking ring. So there have been dozens of victims for decades now. And so, but if he's brought up on charges, he's going to face more than 45 years in prison. 
due to a lack of integrity. That says to me that no matter who you are, rich, poor, or indifferent, when you operate in a lack of integrity, it's going to catch up. So Hebrews 11 says this, Hebrews 11:24. go ahead, this is a powerful verse. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose, watch this, to share the oppression of God's people instead of, here it is, enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. I love how detailed the scripture is. Essentially, the Bible is saying that sin is good. In regards to your pleasure, sin is fun. Sin is pleasurable. There's something about doing wrong that has the potential to make us feel good. So the Bible even, even affirms that. It feels good to, to cuss someone out from time to time. There it is. Right? It, it feels good to hold a grudge. It, it feels good to show up late time after time after time after time again and not be held accountable for it. It feels good to do wrong. It, can we all admit, it feels good at times to do wrong. And Joseph understood this. He understood, I could have slept with her. It would have been probably a great experience. I may have not gotten caught. I was with a superhero last night at dinner, and I, I kind of I was going off on this point, and I, I was preaching to him way better than I'm preaching to y'all. And so I said a joke, and I said, I don't know if I'm going to say that. But anyway, here it is. So Joseph is doing his work. Come on, Rashawn. And, and, and so I told the superhero this, and Joseph is doing his work, and he's looking at Potiphar when he walks by. Joseph could have been like, I'm washing the dishes, and I'm washing your missus. That's terrible. It was a joke. But that's what Joseph could have been like. I'm washing the dishes. I'm washing your man. You know what I mean? He could have, right? But I want you to go ahead and write this down. Sin always overpromises and underdelivers. A lack of integrity will always overpromise. Just do it. Just drink it. Just smoke it. Just talk to her. Just call them. Just go over there. Just, just lie about it. You're going to get what you want. They're not going to ever know. Sin always overpromises and underdelivers. That's how it operates. What, what did Satan say in the garden? Eat the fruit. When you bite, you're going to know more than God. You won't surely die. When God had just told him, you're going to die. It always overpromised a lack of integrity, shortcuts, and not giving our best, and not showing up, and, and not doing what's right, and not being encouraging, and keeping an attitude. It always keep us down. It, it, it overpromises and it underdelivers. And I thank God for Jesus because by his blood, we've been forgiven of our sin. And we've been set free of sin. I thank God for his love for us through Christ. We've been set free, watch this, to live a life of integrity. And so if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Integrity means the following. It means following your God-given convictions. It means living, living in your morals. Living in your God-given morals. Given morals. 
Integrity means doing the right thing when no one is watching. That's really integrity, doing the right thing when no one is watching. It just said it in the story, no one was around. So it's like, Lord, you, you're going to do this, and I believe for this, and I believe you showed me these dreams. And so now God is like, here's Potiphar's wife. She has the hots for you. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm testing you. And if we're not careful right here, we can get all deep with the black and white sin, sleeping and, and getting drunk and all that. I'm talking about that integrity. How do you, what are your thoughts about people? Jesus went a different, he went to a different level. He said, uh, if you sleep with someone who is not your spouse, you com- they say, you know, you commit adultery. But he says, if you lust in your heart, you commit adultery. So forget all this black and white stuff, the action stuff. How are we in our minds? How do we think about people? How, how are we processing things in our heart? Are we holding on to unforgiveness? Are we going to work and saying, man, I'm going to just give 50% today? Are we, are, we, are we being our best? Are we living with integrity? Can Potiphar trust us when we're not around to honor him with our words? Oh, man, Potiphar got us working hard, Joseph. Can't believe it. He just needs to send you back to Canaan. Oh, man, we got to work 12 hours today. Uh, we had a day off last week. Uh, and so Joseph has a choice. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. What you complaining for? Oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. I started when I was 19, and I'm 39 now. Joseph, just don't be like me. Don't get stuck serving Potiphar. Oh, serving, serving the man, serving the government, serving uh, the... I see why you've been here for 20 years. You lack integrity. You don't even honor leadership. How is God going to make Joseph a leader unless he honors his leader? The stars and the moon are going to bow down to you, and, 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 and your bundles of hair are going to bow down to, to mine, and I'm going to be a leader. So God's like, I'm going to put you in situations where you have to autocorrect with integrity. Don't be tempted to fall into the gossip. Don't be tempted to fall into the laziness. Don't be tempted to be like the culture. It's the reason why majority of the culture hates itself because it has no integrity. God has called us to be people of integrity. We do what's right when no one's around. We say the right things. We love people. We challenge people, but in love. We do what's right when no one is around. We're people of morals. We're people of ethics. We want, we want so much, but we don't want to be responsible. God wants to build responsibility on the inside of us. So I could, but I'm not going to because it's not worth it. A person of integrity was Joseph. All Joseph had, watch this, this is so key. All Joseph had was his integrity. Yes, he was the head of all of Potiphar's affairs at this point, but he didn't have a dollar to his name. He was still a Hebrew slave. All he had was his integrity, his ability to autocorrect and do and say and act in what is right. And so I want to encourage you with this. You may be at the bottom right now, You may be going through a tough time right now, and all you have is your integrity. 
I want to encourage you with this. Sometimes that's all you need is the capacity and the ability to make the right decision because that's what God promotes. That's what he blesses, integrity. Job 8 says this. I love this verse. Job 8 verse 5. But if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, here it is, verse 6. And if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore your happy home. You got to start kicking your, your flesh. Like, I'm not going to think this way about this. I'm not going to think this way about this person. I'm going to be grateful for where I am. I'm going to honor the process. You got to start kicking it so that your hope, so that the Lord, ooh, Jesus, so that the Lord can begin to prepare your happy home. God will not begin to prepare a happy future for you if you can't get this right, right now, right here. God's like, I'm in the unemployment line just waiting on them to live with integrity. And then he goes and he says this here. I love the ending of this. Verse 7. Though you started with little, you will end with much. So there are some people who start with much. Jeffrey Epstein. They start with much, but due to a lack of integrity, they end with little. There are people who start with nothing. But with much integrity, with excellence, they end with it all. Sometimes your integrity is all you have. But that's all you need. That's all you need is to do what's right when no one's watching. People with integrity are, go ahead and write this down, they're trusted with more. (laughs) Jesus, I know this to be true. They're trusted with more. People with integrity, they have the best opportunities that life has to offer them. Lord, I want a door open. Can you be integrous for 10 years where you are? That door will open. Let's keep reading here. Genesis 39 verse 13 says this. Y'all okay? When she saw that she was holding his cloak, he had fled. Verse 14, she called out to her servant. Soon all the men came running. Look, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, and he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you've brought to our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. Just lying, lying, lying. Just lying. And it sucks because Joseph's not around to defend himself. He said this, and he did that, and he did that. And we just, when, we, when we're stupid, we just receive it. Oh, for real, he did that? This man been working for you for 11 years, and you go let this joker talk to you for an hour about who he is and how he is? When he don't have a chance to be around to defend himself? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I can see that. Oh, I can see him saying that. Oh, I can see him trying to rape you. Are we serious? You've been blessed because of this man. <laughs> Let's keep going. I, let me stay in the script because I don't want to. Am I good off script or on script? Y'all, y'all like me like this? 
Because this is when the preaching starts right here. This is when your heart gets changed. Yeah, I sat up and I talked to him. For what? My best friend said this a, a, a long time ago. It blessed me so much, but it was, it was the principle behind it. It was more than just about me. He said, Joshua. Oh, that clock is off. He said, Joshua, if, um, if someone were to ever come to me and say, you did A, B, C, X, Y, Z, he said, I'd stop them as soon as they start talking. Because I would judge you based upon your character. And so I get it, it's your wife, bro. But like, when it was just you and your wife, y'all was hating Pharaoh. When Joseph came through, your finances went up. And your team started to change. The quality of your life was changed. <laughs> and now he's tried to rape you? Let's bring him into the room. This is a man of integrity. My life's been changed by this man. Babe, I love you, but let's bring him into the room. Oh, no, but he's furious. He's blinded by lies. She's just lying, lying, lying. Here it is. But when I scream, he ran outside. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Verse 19, Potiphar was furious. <laughs> I knew it. When he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. Verse 20, so he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prison, watch that, where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. I need you to notice something from week one. Be here for the entire series. From week one, go back and listen to the podcast if you weren't here, to week two. Notice this. It's getting harder, but he's getting closer. He's getting closer to the vision being fulfilled. He went from Midianite traders, came to Egypt, Serving in someone's household. Historically, if you are one of Pharaoh's prisoners, you are in a prison right next to Pharaoh's palace. So he's getting closer to Pharaoh. That's the process. It gets harder, but as it gets harder, you're getting closer. So what did Joseph do in this situation? He auto-corrected with number three, perseverance. Excellence, integrity, perseverance. So he's been beaten, stripped, sold twice, promoted, lied on, dropped to the floor. Now he's in prison. Write this down. This is a question. What if things get worse before they get better? What, what if you thought that the end of July was the time that it was all going to change? But it actually ends up bottoming out. I believe in those times, God calls us to persevere. It's when it gets worse that he calls you to persevere all the more. The word persevere means to move forward in the face of difficulty and opposition. Move forward. Joseph still has a choice, Ash. He's, he still has a choice. Lord, I've been excellent. I've been doing the right thing, and it, look, look where it's gotten me. 
but the Spirit of God has called him to press in, move forward. And I love this, this parallel between the life of Joseph, watch this, and the life of Jesus. You see some of Joseph's character. He's kind of like being a Christ of the Old Testament. I want to take you here um, because they, they both end up suffering for wrong that they didn't commit. Jesus more so the sins of the world. And so the setting is the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a day before his crucifixion. He's in the garden. He's praying. And the Bible says he's undergoing hemohydrosis. His, he's under such stress and duress, Jesus, that his blood capillaries have burst and his blood has went into a sweat glands. So when he's sweating, blood is in the sweat. He's under such stress. He's asked his disciples, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray with me? They've fallen asleep three times, but we got to keep going. I know it's summer, but we got to keep serving, and we got to keep preaching. I know it's hard. Y'all take vacations. We don't got time to take vacations. So Jesus persevered because there was a calling. But watch this. His flesh begins to kick up. Even Jesus himself battled with the sin nature, though he did not sin. Here it is. I'm going to take you to a verse. The Garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22, verse 42. Father, if you're willing, here it is. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Autocorrect. Watch the autocorrect. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. This is hard. I'm about to take on the sins of the world. This is hard. This is tough. Yet, not what I want, what you want. Watch verse 43. He perseveres, he presses in, and it says this here. It says, then, 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 I beg to think, had he not pressed in, would the then come? Would the then come? Verse 43. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. First the pain, then the power. First the strain, then the strength. First the pain, then the power. First the strain, then the strength. Quitting is not an option. First the pain, then the power. Lord, bless me. Lord, use me. First the pain, then the power. I want to I encourage you with this. It is in the moments that you want to quit trusting God, you want to quit the process. That's a key sign that you need to press on in. Because it's first the pain, then the power. Joseph persevere. And it says this in Genesis 39. Come on, close me out. Verse uh, 21, it says, but <laughs> the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. 
and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Verse 23 in conclusion, the warden had no worries because Joseph autocorrected with excellence, integrity, and perseverance. Just moving on up, just getting stronger, getting wiser. And when you do this, this is my last point of encouragement, you will finish on top. Every single time in every single season, no matter what it is you're praying for, you're going to finish on top. Activate autocorrect. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you into excellence, integrity, and perseverance. Let's give the Word of God a hand clap of praise. Thank you guys so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, every head bow. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory and all the praise, Jesus. God, we just, we ask for the strength to persevere. So many of us in this room, Lord, we, we want to quit. We want to give up. We want to throw in the towel, God. But your word declares that with God, all things are possible. So Jesus, we want your will to be done, not ours. And we thank you, Lord. Now with every head bowed, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you are loved. Jesus Christ hung on a cross, shed his blood for your sins, was risen on the third day so that you and I don't have to experience death. And it is by faith that we are saved. So today I want to present you with an opportunity, every head bowed. On the count of three, if you know, if you say, hey, Jesus, I need you in my life. On the count of three, if you just raise your hand, we're going to pray together as a church. If you're coming to Christ for the first time or if you're coming back to him, you may know him, but you haven't been walking with the Lord. God is calling you home. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Raise the hand, raise it high. Raise that hand and raise it high. Hallelujah. Church, let's repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sin. Fill me with your spirit. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Have a great weekend. Love you guys.